From the Dallas Under Studios in beautiful Dallas, Texas, this is Next Issue, the comics podcast here on DallasOnEar.com. Thank you for tuning in with us. Uh, this is a very special episode of Next Issue that we recorded for the Who Needs Sleep 2017 Telethon. Uh, basically, uh, we were part of uh, Bacon Sunrise Productions' efforts to uh, raise money for uh, cancer and cancer awareness uh, here in the Metroplex. We were raising money uh, to benefit Cook Children's uh, Hospital in Fort Worth and uh, Cancer Support North Texas. Uh, we did record this episode basically just to kind of wrap up the year and, of course, bring you some of the best uh, comics and comics news uh, that uh, we've been to you all this time. Uh, we did want to go ahead and uh, present to you uh, the efforts that we recorded uh, here uh, starting with uh, we do want to thank Devin Pike for letting us uh, be a part of it and we want to go ahead and bring that to you now. So here is uh, next issue from Who Needs Sleep 2017. Thank you for tuning into this very special episode. Thank you for tuning into the special edition of Who Needs Sleep <laughs> 2017. Uh, we are about to do a very special edition of Next Issue here on uh, uh, here on Vocal Media, and of course, uh, you can tune us in on Who Needs Sleep.org if you haven't done so already. Uh, we do have a lot of stuff to go over, and of course, I do want to go ahead and introduce our panel today uh, from Next Issue. Of course, we have uh, Clay Harrison. Say hi. Hey now. We do have the authority, Adrian Harry. Yeah. And of course, <laughs> and of course we have the majestic Alcondus. Excelsior. Also sitting on the couch today. Nerd. <laughs> also sitting on the couch today, we have the man who has uh, gotten this whole thing started, uh, Mr. Save Down himself, Devin Pike. Devin, take it away. You know, after the roast, I will never be able to hear Excelsior the same way. <laughs> No, no, there were several. That was one of them. So, and then we, we've talked about that before. But really quick, I'll, I want to make sure that you guys uh, get as much time as possible. But we do have some uh, housekeeping to take care of. First off, uh, if you've not already done so, WhoNeedsleep.org has your auctions tab, where you've got a couple of great auctions on the block already. Uh, we're in the last few hours of the Chamberlain's Chop House auction. Once again, six course meal for eight people with a handcrafted menu from Richard Chamberlain himself. I loved him in Rich Man, Poor Man. I thought he was fantastic. Um, the, the Birds, Shogun, the, uh, the opening bid for this is $1,300. The reason for it is the, it's $1,200. Okay. $1,200. It's, it's still a steal because the retail value for it is over $3,000. So if you have a boss you need to impress, if you have a group of friends who you're tired of going to, I don't know, Bennigan's, whatever, get you some culture. Get some amazing food. Put your bid in for this because if you put in this opening bid, odds are you're going to win it because nobody else is going to have the vision that you do. You're a smart cookie. Get in there and bid on it. Our hourly... It is. It's absolutely true. Uh, our hourly auction is on the books right now. It is a four-pack of passes to ACT Late Night at the Pocket Sandwich Theater. It, again, it's a four-pack of tickets. The opening bid on that is... 
It's 20 bucks for a four pack of tickets. You can't buy a fast food meal for two people for 20 bucks anymore. Get you some phenomenal get you. I can't even say get you. That's, that's even where, where my brain's at right now. Um, a lot of people have been asking uh, about the auction and the pledges and all of the money that's going to be going to Cook Children's Medical Center of Fort Worth and Cancer Support Community of North Texas. And I am happy to announce on our show, on your show, I have not, I'm not a part of this show. No. Why are you here? It's a Bacon Samurai production. <laughs> it is a Bacon Samurai production. I'm, I'm your benevolent no, overlord. Samuel Barry's. <laughs> I have, do you want to hear the, the pledge totals or not? Yes. Do. Do okay, it. then shut up. Our pledge totals to date from all the auction items that have been purchased and from the pledge items that we have seen and our ticket purchases, that number is $3,827.79. Nice. But that's not the whole story because Alamo Drafthouse DFW is matching dollar for dollar every pledge up to $5,000. That total right now as we sit is $7,655.58. F cancer. I am proud. F cancer. Who needs sleep? I am proud of you guys. I'm I, I thank you to all of the people who have sat in on roundtables and podcasts over the last 27 hours. We were, we're, we're barreling towards the finish line on this, and I want you to take a look at the items we have, not just for auction, but take a look at coming in and being part of our studio audience for the last few hours because we've got two game shows, some more phenomenal panels, the Last Jedi Roundtable, which might be a full contact roundtable. I'm not exactly sure about that. Purchase your tickets, do your pledges. You can pledge anywhere from $1 all the way up to $5,000. I want to see five digits before that decimal point before we get out of here. Can I count on you guys to do that? Okay. Can I? Yeah. I think I can. Oh, wait. Uh, talk about the geek package. Oh, the, so there's a, there, there's a raffle package that we have on, on the uh, site as well. It's called 2018 Year of the Geek. Uh -oh. There are so many cool things in there right now. The, the stuff that we've already announced is a pair of passes to Fan Expo Dallas, a pair of passes to LeakyCon, a pair of passes to North Texas Comic Book Show, a pair of passes to Dallas Comic Show. That's just the top line oh, Devin, items on Devin, Yes. I can go to LeakyCon if I want to, right? You really can't because they originally put tickets out when it was going to be located at, right, at the High Regency Dallas. Those tickets sold out in 45 minutes. That's called a setup, boys and They girls. moved the show to the Dallas Convention Center, double the size of the show. Those tickets sold out in 45 minutes. I went on eBay before we started this. You cannot even scalp a pair of tickets for this for the weekend for LeakyCon. You can purchase a raffle ticket for just $20 and could walk away with an entire year's worth of geeky, fantastic stuff. And not only that, the auction item that we had from Red Pegasus Comics, the uh, trade paperback of Curse Words, as well as the uh, limited edition bottle of Hellboy Cinnamon Whiskey, and, and uh, an original piece of art from Matthew Warlick. And the Frank Schneider uh, medical test answer machine. <laughs> <laughs> and no answer. You we, have a, we don't have that. You were asleep. Oh, you, you it, the, the, the fake Fred Schneider answering this free message. That's, that's really awesome. $20 will get you one of those raffle tickets. And right now, without divulging numbers, your odds are okay. 
So get on to hootiesleep.org, buy those raffle tickets, make that donation total go up. 100% of your donation not only goes to two phenomenal local charities, Cook Children's Medical Center of Fort Worth and Cancer Support Community of North Texas, but they stay in the North Texas area. This isn't a, a, a national organization that gets your donation dollars. The money that you spend here stays here and helps people who need it. So get on the horn. Uh, if, if you're having problems, some people are having problems with technology, you know, uh, you know Meemaw, whatever. Uh, they're having problems with the online auction. Guess what? You can give us a call, 469-249-2439. Put in your pledge right now. Cool. Stay on target. Stay on target. <laughs> Very nice. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Let's go ahead and get into some comics. Uh, guys. 2018. All right, so welcome to the next issue. <laughs> just to finish out like 2017, I was just uh, checking uh, who we had lost, and uh, Bernie Wrightson, uh, Rich Butler, and Len Wein. Uh, yeah, big, big heavy hitters. We lost last year. Uh, <laughs> created so many original characters that we know and love, and, so and now he's gonna laugh about it. No, that's so funny. Marvel lost him as a customer. <laughs> <laughs> That too. <laughs> but oddly enough, uh, you know, uh, for viewers who have not watched our podcast before, I've had major problems with Marvel this year as a customer. And to the point I tweeted at Joe Casada this past week and got a response. Wow. So it took that much for me to just kind of just yell my complaints at him because I was tired of him like responding to all the fanboy hate. And I was like, look, you got real customers who are buying your product that are unhappy. Why don't you respond to those people instead of the people who just are pointing and saying that's bad? Uh, so he said he put someone in touch with me to see about redeeming the books that I never got. And it's more than that. It's the, the, just the poor customer experience you get. Yeah. So, uh, so someone did reach out to me. So we'll, I'll give you an update in the next episode, and we'll see how it goes. But, yeah, I should be getting some of my Marvel books that I could never get, all the digital codes. So yay for that. <laughs> I could finally read those books that they've canceled. Uh, <laughs> yeah, what did we lose cancellation-wise? Um, we lost uh, Gwenpool, uh, a book I really was enjoying, Cage, and... Uh, the Cage is quitting also? Uh, well, they canceled. They canceled. They canceled. They canceled. They canceled. They canceled. She Hulk? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's a character, but the book. I did, it, it, unless it was a John Byrne run, I never oh, really got they're canceling uh, Kate Bishop Hawkeye. Yeah. And they're and Guardians of the Galaxy. That I knew. That I'm yeah. Now about. that's now now that's been a book I absolutely love, and I love Jerry's work on it. But he's going to do bigger cosmic books. I'm I'm happy and fine with that. I just wish that that book was. Continued. What I want to know is, with them canceling the book, does that mean they're canceling the team, or is the team still going to be around and they'll still use them? But or is, are they going to split all the characters up and that's it? I don't know, but I mean, according to the things I've read and like what was uh, what the Red Pegasus guy said earlier, you know, the movies don't help the books. No one goes and sees Guardians. That book doesn't rise in sales because of. Uh, but yeah, but yeah. He, yeah, Marvel wants to. Every time the movie comes out, they want to make the comic book more relatable to the movie because every time they like. I guess, for God, it's like, you know, if there's a costume change or there's a character with that, it's like, well, we got to form this into our Marvel Universe now, so... That goes back to uh, Marvel does movies well. Yeah. Um, but as far as... And I think all distributors or all publishers are having this problem. There's a disconnect between them and the comic book shop owners. 
and that's part of it because if if they knew what the red pixels guys were saying yeah they would stop trying to tie the comic books into the movies and we, we, but we, i mean and i think that makes pretty horrible stories and then on top of that makes low sales and then they start canceling all kinds of books because well, of Well, no, this gets right back and we were talking about this in the Red Pegasus segment. It was the fact that, like, you know, it's, we have, like, DC's screwing a little bit up also. Like, you know, you have, you have some of these characters that we love on the, on the CW Arrowverse series, you know, Arrowverse characters, like Manu Bennett as Deathstroke, but now because we've got, what's his name as Deathstroke in the, in the films, they're not allowing uh, Manu Bennett back into the series. They're not wanting to have access, but, you know, but Marvel, and, and that's where I think, like, you know, and they said, can you embrace the multiverse? They've already said, we, in all the CW shows, we have the multiverse. You know, they, when Young Justice came out, they said, oh yeah, this is Earth, blah, 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 in the multiverse. So why, you know, and so it, we, we have the DC, we realize they're all different universes. Why can't Marvel let that happen with their stuff? Why can't it be separate? Why are you trying to combine everything? Let, let there be a separate here. Let the, the movies be a separate here. I mean, X-Men, X-Men are in the Marvel C, are in the Marvel U, so it's like they're their own universe, maybe now to be brought in, or maybe not, I don't know. But it's like, let them all be separate. Don't try to make everything the same thing. And I think yeah. that's what hurts a lot of, the, you know, in the long run. I just want to apologize for stepping on your Lin Wing tribute. Uh, <laughs> you know how much I care about Lin Wing and Bernie Wrightson, and but you dish and Marvel, dish and Marvel is pretty big. Yeah, and so I've kind of like this episode was really going to be about like 2018, and so what are, what are we looking forward to? And I'm looking forward to reading more DC books and more independent books. Uh, uh, one of the things I discovered this year was a guy out of Garland, Texas, uh, Donnie Cates. Uh, he's writing for Marvel. He's doing Doctor Strange. He's doing really? Thanos. Yeah. I picked up some of his first graphic novel, uh, Baby Teeth, and uh, Rednecks, and pretty pretty good stuff. So I'm I'm really interested in seeing this guy, uh, you know, and what he what, what he can do at Marvel. But he's also working for other companies. I will probably pick up those things. I've just got to uh, uh, look at more independent books. Uh, I'm going to be probably picking up. Miracle Man and Batman. Those seems to be the two books I missed out on this year. So I'm going to try to probably catch up, and those will be the books I'm, I'll be. They're only Mr. Miracle. Mr. Mi uh, yeah, yeah okay. Mr. Miracle. Now the one I'm I'm actually impressed with. I just read issue two is uh, Doomsday Clock. Okay, so you're already jumping in. And weirdly enough, because that second issue, they did, can I do you guys mind a little spoiler? Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. So it, it's uh, Oz Ozzy. I, I, I wish I had pronounced his name. Ozymandias. Ozymandias, and then a new Rorschach. And they end up breaking two two of their universe criminals out of jail, and and they're and they're in the lair of Owlman, and basically issue two has them basically Night Owl, Night Owl. I'm sorry, Night Owl. Yeah, Owlman's a crime syndicate. Uh, <laughs> you <laughs> should know this. I, I know. Well, well, no, I, I'm not, no, I'm not. Yeah, you're right. Okay. <laughs> I, was in Rick, I, I screamed this out from the crowd uh, earlier. Do better, Kyle. Yes, sir. <laughs> okay. But uh, no, and they're they're in uh, Night Owl's like ship. And they're about to, they're going to use it to transfer to the universe where Doctor Manhattan went. And right as before they go, you have everybody outside, and they go, what's that in the sky? Is that a bird? No, nuclear missile. Russia has fired upon America. And so right as they're about right as New York gets nuked, they they're able to use the owl ship to actually go to the normal uh, DC universe. And so they crash land in the universe. And so basically, they're trying to. And this is apparently the current 52 universe is the universe that Doctor Manhattan went to. They, 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 now, now this makes me question everything that happened at the end of Watchmen to get to that point. Mm -hmm. So yeah, and, and so basically you go through and they're trying to find out who the, who the two smartest men on their earth, on this earth is, and of course it's Lex Luthor and and, and Bruce Wayne. So Osmodeus goes to look for Lex Luthor, and right as he's talking to Lex and, and trying to convince him about what's going on, who uh, somebody takes a shot, 
he docks, Luther gets hit, you turn around, it's the comedian. Oh. And then, and then you have the new Rorschach, it goes to the back, uh, it goes to Wayne Manor, sees a, a stack of pancakes, eats the pancakes, goes down, climbs to the back cave, and then Batman, you know, gets an alarm, gets stripped, he goes down, it's like, you ate my breakfast. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so they're doing some interesting stuff. I don't know. I'm not saying it's going to be a great book, but right now they've kind of they've got enough little things that are making me kind of interested to kind of see where they're going with it. Yeah, I mean, I would love to see this too. Have a catalog. So, so yeah, Gypsy Clock. It's got my interest right now. More than uh, Secret Empire did this past year. Yeah, I, I that's yeah, one. I, I'm tired of event books. I'm tired of you know when you said Doomsday Clock, I was like, oh, this is just a DC event book. Like to me, I'm just sick of those you know all encompassing every title you got to buy. For me, they're event books. I think what's for me is they're doing it slowly with certain small characters. They're not going overall the whole universe. They're okay. entering, yeah. And with, with Secret Empire, it was like, oh, Hydra, Captain America's Hydra, and we're going to take on everybody. So the Defenders are you know uh, fighting in New York City. Then you have the Avengers fighting in space against you know the uh, what, what's the uh, no, the alien race that was in Avengers One. Oh, the Shatari. Shatari, Shatari. Yeah, they're fighting them, and it's just, they're going. They're going. I think they were trying to expand everything too much. It, it makes me miss the days when I was on him. I just picked up uh, the two novels for uh, uh, Galactic Storm from the Avengers from uh, 1991, and and that was like the tie-in books back in the late 80s and early 90s. I think did it right now. It's they're just it's they're uh, they're losing me. Yeah, yeah. That's all you know. Okay. What about you? <laughs> What, what I'm waiting for in 2018? Well, I mean, what do you what are you taking from 2017 to go in 2018? What are you looking for? Are there new books you're going to be picking up? Is there anything um, continuing from 2017 that you're looking forward to? I mean, from right. from the just the books, a few books I read at Marvel. Moon Knight, obviously, I'd love. They've had a change in uh, you know who's writing and drawing, and and man, I love it. I love the it's uh, Max Bemis and um, let's see here if I've got the name in front of me. Uh, Jason Burroughs. Uh, okay. Really, really fantastic looking stuff. I'll say the two books I'm going with still is I hope we're still going to be okay with Bendis leaving his Defenders and, and Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah, there's, there's been books. some big shakeups. Yeah, yeah Bendis leaving. I'm looking forward to a DC. I mean, what, what DC book would you guys like to see Bendis do? Oh, Ambushbug. <laughs> do we have a creative team on the terrific show? Yes, it's uh, Jeff Lemire and uh, Ivan Reyes. Because I have that down as one of the books I'll yeah, be getting. I was, but if Bendis did that, I think that would be some awesome. Oh, I, like, I love the Defenders, the four, the four way between Danny, Luke, uh, Matt, and Jessica. I think he would be an awesome. He could write a core team of four people together like that really well. Um, we discussed this a couple episodes ago, but um, after thinking about it, I think, I don't know if we mentioned Birds of Prey. Yeah, we did talk about it, yeah. Yeah, but I think Bendis would be great on Birds oh, yeah, of Prey. Yeah, the but, question. And yeah. Arrow, those are two books I'd like yeah. to see him do. But as far as uh, books that, from 2017 that I'm going to continue reading is uh, Aaron's run on Thor. Yeah. I can't talk enough about that. That 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 whole run is just A+. Plus. Yeah, I mean, and I'm seeing people redefine Thor. Go, they go, you know, uh, Walt Simonson's run was the definitive run, and now it's like, now Jason Aaron's might be the one. And For me, it is Aaron. Yeah, I mean, I, I just read The Unworthy Thor, the first uh, six. Mm -hmm. Just unbelievable art, great story. I mean, it just yeah. makes you love that character more. Right. I love seeing Beta Ray Bill. I'm a big Beta Ray Bill fan. Right. Uh, just great all around. Uh, I also want to see a good wrap-up to uh, Dark Knight. Uh, Dark Knight's Metal. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm so torn on that so, book right now. I've heard good things. Like, I like it. It's I've heard stuff. crazy things about it, yeah. man. Yeah. I, I like it. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. 
And uh, if you were to sell it to someone based on anything, what's your one pitch? Just to see, just to see the many faces of Bruce Wayne, mm-hmm. um, because they really do do an interesting take on him being another superhero, um, like Murder Machine, his version of Cyborg, his back. Because they did, they they have the overarching storyline, but then they did the individual comic books for each of the different Batman. I like the one I did that was really interesting is the uh, origin for the Green Lantern Batman. Yes, that was that was my next one. I was going to say that was really good. Yeah, um, Murder Machine was good. Um, I guess if I had to pick number three, it would either be uh, the jo- or the Batman Who Laughs or um, the Flash version. That was yeah. pretty good. Um, I need to read more DC books. There, I I, have to, I need to force myself to read more DC books. But if I had to give some recommendations for the DC stuff, it would probably be Teen Titans. I know. Well, <laughs> there goes two ways: Teen Titans and Titans. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Flash, I think, is really doing really good. And weirdly enough, I'm actually really impressed with Super Sons. It's yeah. a Jonathan Kent and uh, Damian Wayne. Actually, uh, I tell you, if there's going to be anything. Um, as we've talked about before, I got that free month subscription to Marvel Unlimited, and I've been tearing through some books. <laughs> I, I can't imagine. I can't. If I had to guess, in the last two and a half weeks, I probably read at least a hundred comics. I believe it. Um, but I read oh, on Christmas Day. I read um, Matt Fraction's total run on Hawkeye. One of the best. And I read Tom King's run on Vision. Oh, and fantastic. because of that, I want to read Mr. Miracle, which I've heard great things about. So I need to find some money so I can plop down and get that. <laughs> y'all have any independent books y'all read last year that right you're now. really like... Yeah. Speaking, speaking of money, out. we do need to, of course, continue to plug uh, WhoNeedSleep.org. What do we got? Uh, we do want to remind you that there is an auction going on right now at WhoNeedSleep.org. Uh, the ACT Late Night at Pocket Sandwich. There is a $20 minimum bid, 40 minutes to go. Uh, I believe it's a four-packet of tickets. Yeah. It is a four-packet of tickets uh, to a show at Pocket Sandwich. It's a very, very cool thing. Uh, your chances of winning are very good. There's only 40 minutes to go. Bid at WhoNeedSleep.org. And, of course, you can donate there uh, as much as you can, as good as you can, and of course, uh, you'll be, of course, tuning us in uh, tomorrow on uh, DallasOnAir.com. But for right now, tune in to WhoNeedsSleep.org and catch up with everything going on uh, as far as this auction and this uh, great telethon goes. Continue to stay tuned with us. There's a lot more stuff coming up. Anyway, sorry. Okay. Oh, that's great. Um, one, of, one of the books I read this year was uh, My Favorite Thing is Monsters by Emil Ferris. That's a really great looking book. If you if you get a chance, if you can find this, uh, flip through it just for the art. If that intrigues you enough, pick it up because I'm going to sell you on the art. It is unbelievable and just it looks like someone's doodles in a notebook. Mm-hmm. But you, oh, you see yourself see. going deeper into yeah, it. It's really that. an amazing looking book and a great story. Um, independent. Would Paper Girls be considered independent? Yeah, I mean it's Image. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's Brian K. Vaughn, um, who's the artist, Chang, um, Cliff Chang. Yes. Uh, yeah, it looks at I yeah, love his yeah. art. I, I got the a free the first issue for free on DC <coughs> app, and um, I really like it. And they have a, the first 12 issues, first two volumes are now in hardcover. Yeah. So um, I think there's nine trades out. 
Is there? I think so. I, well, I think they combined the first two volumes oh, and put and it into a hardcover. That's, yeah. Yeah. So. Those are nice. Mm -hmm. um, I read the first, uh, because everyone had been hyping this book, I read the first book and I was like, it's good, but I don't know if I'd be hyping it. It's not, it, it, it doesn't have that hook in it yet. It's almost like there's, there, there's a lot of buildup in that first volume and there wasn't enough payoff for me to go. Everyone should read this, mm -hmm. but it is Brian K. Vaughn, so it's good. Mm -hmm. Chang's art's great, so you know yeah. it's a pretty book. Can we talk a little bit about comic books, TV, and movies? Okay, um, yeah, yeah, uh, because I want to jump in because again, uh, we talked about this a little bit on just a sec, but uh, Happy has been so good four episodes in, and it's been one of the best shows of the year. Um, Preacher's Run was really strange this year. It it got better this year, it, it but really it was did. kind of all over the place in a good way. Um, Hairstar, that's all I got to say. Yeah, oh, really bringing Hairstar in has been, is, has been fantastic. I don't know what they said to, to have him audition and come in and do it, but I mean, he, he's pulling it right out of the page. But I, and, but I mean, just the build-up uh, to him and watching them build that character on screen from his audition tryout alone. Oh, yeah. Just that so, origin one, was a great episode. One of the best yes. things I've seen on Preacher in the, in the whole run. Right. Um, are you are, are you guys watching Agents of Shield at all? Yep, I am. Okay, yeah. talk to me about this one. Uh, this season's time travel in, in space. Yeah, time travel in space. Um, I wouldn't say the story's the strongest it's ever been. No, but but they're but, it, but the execution's a lot better. They're doing it different. Like you know, you kind of got the same thing yeah. with the last, and they're, now they're trying to go a different direction with. So it's like you know, they're, they're they're still Shield, but it's not like the huge organization. It's only like the seven core members, and they're and they're basically. Set into the future. We don't know why. We're on a space, space station now? <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we are basically enslaved the human race. Oh, dear Lord. Left of the human and there's a good twist to that, too. Yeah. There, um, actually, such a good twist I didn't see coming. Uh, but I think it's a red herring. I'll, I'll, yeah. right now, I'm just saying right now, I think what the thing for it is, it's a red herring, but you know, that's just my opinion. I don't think, with how they say what happened to Earth, I don't think that's the original, what uh, actually happened. We'll see. But I, I'm enjoying it so far. I mean, and this is the first time I've been, uh, I actually look forward to Friday or whatever night it comes on because they keep moving around. <laughs> but they move it to the Friday of death. But um, yeah. <laughs> well, they were supposed to be canceled before, but Disney said, uh-uh. Yeah, Disney didn't want them to cancel. But uh, I remember not this past Friday because it was a holiday, but the Friday before that, I was actually around six o'clock sitting there looking at my watch, like, oh, Shield comes on tonight. And it's the first time I've done that in three seasons. Wow. So, Man. all right. So, movie wise, we've got Black Panther on the way. <laughs> Talk to me about this one, Adrian, please. What else is there to say is Black Panther? It, I'll be there. That trailer's gorgeous, man. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it literally took that me, me, me and my wife seeing that trailer in the theater right before Star Wars yeah. for my wife to jump on and say, I want to see this. Well, that, that's the thing because, you know, they released it on the internets um, a month or so ago and then. Um, I saw, I saw it right before Thor Ragnarok, and just totally different. I mean, just seeing it on the big screen was just, yeah. it got a little dusty in there. <laughs> it got a little dusty in there. It, there, it there, is there, a gorgeous-looking show, yeah. man. Um, but, um, I can't wait for that movie. But, um, but talk about how important this is. I mean, really, I don't know it if we have the, time. I, I know, but you, you can give a perspective <laughs> that we can. Well, that okay, so... It's almost become cliche for like when uh, the phrase representation and 
you know, I, I, I respect all cultures. You, y'all know me. I, I get around. I, I, I have friends of different colors, great different women. But and there and there's there's that term representation thrown around, and I don't really get too much into that until I saw the trailer for Black Panther, and then it makes me think that most of the TV shows I see. Are there TV shows all like when I think back as a kid to see black representation on TV meant right. seeing good times or um, what's happening? Jeffersons, maybe? the Jeffersons, and I wouldn't call that award-winning television by any stretch of the imagination. And then we get into the '90s and it's the stuff on BET and stuff that I would just never watch as a movie or TV fan, whether it's black, white, whatever, and to see this cast in this movie with this leading character who's a king, who has the balance of being a king of a nation and being a superhero. Okay, let me... Let me so, uh, it, it... I have a feeling I'm going to tear up and cry at a movie theater so, for the first time in a long time when I see that movie okay, on so opening is, night. This is where we're getting the first, like, that of that culture on the big screen. Right. And I think we may have talked about this, but I forget. What was your, like, what about Luke Cage? I mean, it was, the, the Netflix stuff, they're TV series, but they're not TV series in the sense of what we get on, like, CBS. It's more kind of cinematic TV. So it was, a, it, where do you, I mean, it, it's hard to describe because I try, whenever I make my decision about anything, mm-hmm. I try to leave race out of it. So Luke Cage, as much as I like the character, I just wanted it to be a good TV show. Okay. You know, and... But Black Panther is just something different. Okay. There's something emotional to the core. Not everybody gets Netflix. Not everybody, if if they don't want to see Luke Cage, they don't have to get Netflix. Mm-hmm. They don't have to watch it. But if you go to the movie theater on February 12th or 16th, Black Panther is going to be on six of ten screens that you're going to go to go see. Mm-hmm. And so... And most people are going to go see it. Um, the black community, which really don't get behind too much of anything, except for Medea movies for whatever god reason. Why? Why? I hope are going to be how that happens. Are going to drive to the movie theater in droves. I, I think. I think Disney are hoping for 500 million worldwide, better than Ant Man. I think this movie is going to go well past eight. Whoa. Maybe. I think it's going to go. I I think it's going to be well done. And what really gets me and what really gets me emotional is the fact that if you think about this right now on the Disney movie lot, there's a black director prepping for a Marvel tentpole movie, and there's a black female director prepping for A Wrinkling in Time, which is another big Disney. And they're probably in editing days side by side next to each other who would have thought that would have happened five years ago yeah you know but we're going to get those two movies this year and so it's going to be a good time so can i real quick and can i talk about an epic fail that we got what was the show that had the imax premiere the, the oh inhumans inhumans, inhumans. Yeah. can we talk about the no, failure why? of this why because we need to reflect on again the threat of oversaturation well why don't we just bring up trump then I mean, if you want to talk about some sad shit, let's bring up Trump. <laughs> I was so disappointed because the casting I thought was good. 
I thought the people they cast as Inhumans. Oh, no, no, the, the cast was great. Yeah, but they just didn't give a rat's well, about the show, it seems like. I, if you want my personal opinion, I think it was... Um, Max Day 3, I watched every episode. To put it PG-13, it was... It was um, it was it was a penis measuring contrast between Perlmutter and Kevin Foggy, and Perlmutter won. Not that Foggy actually wanted to win, so then all of a sudden they get this wild idea. IMAX needed needed a movie for that time period, and they they didn't have anything else coming out, so they went to ABC. Hey, I heard you're doing this show. Let's put this together, and I'll help you pay for it or whatever. But then they didn't even do it right. The writing sucked. Uh, wasn't it the same guy? Yeah, same, same showrunner. Same showrunners. Yeah, Iron for, for Iron Fist. So they went got the showrunner for Iron Fist. <laughs> so, um, but Iron Fist was still so much better than yeah. humans. Huh? Iron Fist was still so much better. Yeah, than it was still better than humans. But when you rush something like that, I mean, they made the same mistake they did for Iron Man, but it was on a bigger scale because it was on IMAX. You kept promoting it as going to be in the theaters. It was going to be a great show. And then the first thing you fucking do is you cut Medusa's hair. All so you can save money on a budget. Nah, there's no other reason to talk about the humans. All right. what, yeah. I'll throw something out. What about the Star Trek, how they moved it to um, online? Uh, well, what saved them was that it was actually good. Uh, a little controversial. It was a little controversial. Yeah, I watch. I've seen any answer. I'm not gonna pay for this. I'm not paying the CBS service to watch it. Yeah, so. but, but I mean, you can argue about whether they want to try to make money or, or promote their streaming service. The fact of the matter is, I, the only thing I care about when it comes to any kind of content, whether it be a book, a movie, or a CD for music, is it good? And from everybody's perspective, from most people's perspective, especially from the professionals, it was a pretty decent. How many people did they gain? I mean, okay, so... I don't, I, I don't so, think they lost anybody. Well, so, just, so, did I mean, they get the audience they were hoping for? It'd be one thing if they put it on CBS over air one season, and then the next season they take it and put it on premium. Yeah. You lose customers there. But if you start out on premium, yeah. uh, it's nothing but a game. There's no loss. Did you, did you lose potential customers? Possibly. Yeah, but possibly, but... There's no guarantee they're going to tune in anyway. Now, they were selling a blind item to people who, I mean, your average viewer of the CBS show is not a, a young person no. who's going to go out and go, oh, I need to subscribe to CBS. Yeah. I mean. Or want to, or want to see Star Trek. I yeah. mean, you're, you're, Their library you're, on that was really piss poor. Yeah. I mean, so CBS is, I wouldn't say target audience, but the audience that they get are over 55 and Kyle. So, <laughs> so I, I knew it was coming. I, mean, I can't deny it. So, <laughs> he loves his CBS shows. Yeah. Yeah, and yes, like, you're going to have your Star Trek fans that are in their 50s. Service. Yeah. yeah okay. Yes, you're going to have your Star Trek fans that are in their 50s, but at the same time, they're going to pay for it if they want to see it. 
So they're not losing anybody there. And what's the importance of seeing it now when they're just going to roll it out into a DVD or a Blu-ray later? Yeah, they're going to make their money. They're, they're going to sell it somehow so that you can you can get it. Yeah. To, can we segue this, segue this back into books and comicsology? Oh, and the, no, before we do that, no, I, 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 I want to get oh, yeah. into you before we jump off the movies thing. Because we know we've also got three X films coming out next year. Okay. We've got Deadpool, Minions, and then we've got Dark Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And everything I've been reading about Dark Phoenix is like they're trying to go a little bit more with the original story, but it sounds like they're still kind of taking. The, it's based nineteen 1990s. They go into space. Solar flare triggers uh, Jean's uh, split personality, and then apparently we are getting an alien. It's Lalandra, so I don't know if she's officially going to be Shire, but they say she's going to be a shapeshifter coming to Earth to use the Phoenix. You can stop now. And my, I want to see where everybody's kind of thoughts was on this. Let's put it this way. Um, because I've already seen a product. Deadpool is probably out of those three. Deadpool is my number one and most exciting for New Mutants because it looks say, like they you finally did. Pretty big on New Mutants. I, I'm, I'm big on it. I'm, I'm, I'm big, big on it. I mean, it looks like they 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 are going straight up horror, so that's good. Um, but but Dark well. Phoenix, it's way down there. I mean, way it, down. It is it is basing that movie on a film that had absolutely zero character development uh-huh. of anyone in that. And now you're supposed to go into this film and like these characters and know these characters when you don't know anything about them, and unless you are a fan, and uh, and then you want to see what happened in the book. You want to see that Dark Phoenix saga. You don't want to see that Dark Phoenix movie because we saw X3. This is going to be worse. And this is why I hate the fact they're still doing the split personality and letting the Phoenix Force be like a dark side of Gene. I like it when it was an entity that kind of took her over and amplified yeah. her powers. I mean, it, take a look at how bad X3 was, and you still had Hugh Jackman playing Wolverine in that. Take that element out. That's what your your current yeah. film's going to be. you got no winner in there to but, go, that's what I'm rooting for, that's what I like. But Okay, so we talked last episode about how I thought that maybe the Fox-Disney merger was a good thing. It was going to get fewer films, but they're going to be quality films that we're going to get. This is another example of that. Because Fox, Fantastic Four, crapped the bed. Every which way they crapped the bed. Mm-hmm. Um, but with the X universe, it's either hit or miss. Yeah. I mean, extremely hit or miss. Like, I'm ex- Deadpool, out of the park. Logan, out of the park. I'm extremely excited for New Mutants. And then a storyline that should be at the top of my list, I'm mad on? Because yeah. of the decisions they made that they've already told me about, I haven't even seen the movie, but the decisions that they've already made, they told me about. Um, and and I, don't get me wrong, I'm like I said, the the your first as a creator of a movie or any kind of content is to make something good. Yeah, I know. So if it, if you change the source material, fine. But there's some core elements to that to some storylines that you have to keep in there. And from what you described to me. I know. The it only, doesn't sound like the only thing to keep it is, is the fact the that name. They, no, no, they actually have to go into space and actually save a space station. So the, the way she becomes a phoenix, they're actually keeping that. But there's no, from what I get, the way they're explaining, there's no cosmic entity that takes yeah. her over to become the phoenix. It's yeah. some solar flare triggers and splits her personality. So and what, what kills me is that they they knocked it out of the park with Days of Future Past. I know, I love that film. And then they come to another big storyline with Apocalypse and crap the bed, and. It, I have a bad feeling that they're going to crap the bed on this Dark Phoenix one, too. And it's sad yeah, because I, I like Sophie Turner yeah. as Phoenix, as Jean Grey. I like Sophie Turner, period, but I like her as Jean Grey. And so, but 
if it if it the, the the redeeming quality of it is is if it bombs, it's now in Marvel's hands to reboot it, and we can be done with it and get a maybe hopefully a good version before I die. Yeah. Of Dark King Saga. Did I hear correctly that we're going to get an X twenty three movie? That's a rumor. Hey, that's a rumor, rumor, but it's been a rumor for a long time. Though. Yeah. I mean, even before Logan. Because no, there was a new rumor about two months ago, oh. and that they're going to use but, the girl. But then again, really, yeah, yeah, because that Logan did what I want a comics movie to do, and what it did was it got me excited over reading a comic on a property that I'm not familiar with because I'm not familiar with X23. Yeah. I'm not familiar with uh, the whole Weapon X project, and it got me excited about reading about and learning about this particular character. Well, and that's that's what it should do. But since it's, you know, as we see as the movies come out, it's not affecting the sales of the books. A lot of the time when you go see a movie, the book you pick up is nothing like what you saw in the film. Yeah. Even if it's a standard character like the Hulk. Because I remember when the Hulk movie came out, uh, what, what was happening in the book was not even, it was actually more like the old TV show uh, than it was anything that was in the film. So... Uh, I don't know if uh, if it's a great seller, but sometimes if you if you know fans and they say, "Hey, I like Logan. What should I read?" They should be able to point you to books like yeah. Old Man Logan. You know, start there and then um, just read on. Oh, by the way, I do have to take a quick break here, uh, real real quick. We are 20 minutes to go uh, on the auction for the pocket sandwich uh, ACT late night tickets. Uh, again, four tickets, a $20 minimum bid. There's only one bid so far. If you're good. Your chances are good if you jump in there right now. Go to whoneedsleep.org. Uh, chime in, bid, check out a lot of the other auctions that are going on, and of course you can support this great cause, which is going to Cook uh, Children's Medical Center of Fort Worth and Cancer Support in North Texas. Please give, please donate, and thank you for tuning in to this telethon, and of course thank you for tuning in to next issue here on the Who Needs Sleep telethon, and of course uh, you can tune us in tomorrow as we stream this episode live on DallasArgana.com. Oh, one last thing, uh, what I'm excited for, uh, 2018, I can't wait for Old Man Hawkeye. Oh, yeah, they're doing that, aren't they? Yes. Mm. So. I have to decide <laughs> if I want to buy it. <laughs> come on, Marl. Come on, Marl. Can, 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 can we talk a little bit about comicsology? Sure. Please, please, please go ahead. Please. Uh, I, I, I'm just really concerned about like Marvel, Amazon, and comicsology because if you go yeah. into uh, the comicsology app, you can get uh, books for a certain price. That are different than if you go to Amazon and buy it like as a uh, digital comic. There, the the price is different uh, and it's drastically different. Yeah, you can really just go to Amazon and buy books for like five bucks. The funny I thing mean, about it is, is that comic Amazon owns Comicsology. Here, here's here's the funny thing. So, you go to the actual Marvel app and look for uh, an issue. It'll have it there for said price, or let's say it's a trade paperback. You, it has it there for a said price. Uh, you go to Comixology, it's probably going to be the same price on the Marvel app, but it, it actually may be a little bit cheaper. You go to Amazon app, buy it there for half the price you can get it on the Comixology app. And the funny thing about it is you download it, go back to your Marvel app, and there it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So, it, it it's... It's really funky, and we've discussed this on the show before. And I worry, me and Clay and, and, and Kyle, we all worry about the 
the artists and the creators and how how was Marvel making money off of that? Yeah. What, Especially I mean, when they sell like those oversized like essential books and you just yeah. go, I just bought this for five bucks. I mean five bucks. Yeah, you know Disney's getting like four ninety nine. And don't <laughs> get me wrong don't get me wrong, Marvel does their seventy percent off sales and stuff like that and D C does it. But at the same time there's something intrinsically weird about going to a, the actual Marvel store. Right. And seeing one price and Marvel's not offering that directly. Because you, you have to think that Amazon's getting some kind of big off that, right? Yeah. So, it, but so why isn't Marvel selling it at that price? They're, you know, I, at first I thought, well, they're doing it to see who's buying what and how, but it's just still that way. And so I just mm -hmm. assumed that they're just, uh, you know, once they figure out where they find that number, they're going to lock in and say, okay, we're just going to sell on Comixology. We're just going to sell on Amazon. Um, I, you know, it's a, Comics are weird. Yeah. Yeah, I, I buy at my local comic shop when they come out because I want to support my local comic shop. Right. I could wait until it goes on sale and buy. I mean, I've bought trades for 99 cents, and you just go, you know, why would I ever buy a comic for 3.99 when I can wait for the trade to go on sale and buy it super cheap? And get six comics. Yeah. I mean, it, it's ridiculous. If Unless you need to be in the know and following right now, Marvel will put your comic on sale in, you know, uh, six months. Yeah. So, like, if you just sit around and wait, you can just buy them all cheap. Or lose your local comic shop. Or, or if you don't mind the the glitchiness, and I say I, I use that very loosely because I haven't had that much issues with Marvel Unlimited. But you can pay five bucks a month, and just like if you want to wait the six months or whatever, because you're going to be able, if something came out in June, I'm getting it right now. But if I'm already behind and I'm do, playing catch up, yeah. you know. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, I mean, if it's you, good if you're doing that. Yeah, if you're not reading currently, then yeah. It's, yeah. But it also, for me, was very glitchy. A lot. I mean, it was weird that so many of the books I picked, uh, I would use the uh, um, I forget what you call it when it, the it pulls the panel oh. instead of the page, the smart view. Smart view. Yeah. Smart view. Uh, and and it would it would just pull up the middle of a panel, and you'd have partial word balloon. You'd have part of the art in the panel and no words and, the, and then you'd have to blow it up to the page and then zoom in to read it and then you could go back to smart view and maybe the next page would work and then you would continue that cycle it was just what a, a pain in the ass yeah so it's like there's no it, way i as an average comic book guy because i mean i i don't i don't read a lot of the titles i don't i mean like, it's like, special. like i went back and, and in. i wanted to read some classic luke cage and they were all done poorly and it was almost like they had interns scanning these in because they're just crap. I what, mean, what kills me is I'm not sure why they're not using the Comixology engine because they use the, on the Marvel actual app, they use the Comixology engine on it. And it's smooth, it's clean, it's awesome. But then for this Marvel Unlimited app, it's something totally different. It's like he said, it's like somebody scanned it in. And I've experienced some of those problems. Um, it's not on every book. And I would I would say that one out of ten I have those problems. Wow. Maybe two out of ten, but and it's maybe for a couple pages, but usually it straightens itself out. So it hasn't been that bad of an. Like I said, in the last two weeks I've read a hundred comics. And, and what's weird is like you can get an artist like you know maybe David Mack or Chris uh, Bocciolo who uh -huh. who will do a whole page that's kind of intertwined. And you'll get a page that will follow it perfectly, yeah. and then you get a page that's just panels, and it'll be off. And you'll, <laughs> it, it'll show yeah. you the plus sign in between four panels you can't read. And it's 
I want to jump ship here a little bit. I want to give us a couple of recommendations on one of the topics I don't think we've talked much about. It. One of my favorites for comic book reading is I always like to see these random property crossovers. Yeah. Like, and, and that's what, like, I think I found a couple recently that, like, um, that were really good. One is they're doing, they just, or they're in the process of doing the second run of it, I think. It's the uh, Ghostbusters TMNT crossover, which has been a lot of fun. And both purpose are IDW. They're doing the second, not animated universe, but the, uh, uh, crossover for, uh, Batman and TMNT, which is, yeah, and then that's the new 52 Batman and Damian Wayne. They're, tra uh, basically Bane has been thrown to the TMNT universe and become, like, the new big bad there. And so, and then uh, another one I just found recently is Kong on Planet of the Apes. I know, and I was kind of excited about that. And, and it's it's interesting because you know it's it's they're basically tr it's the Planet of the Apes. It takes it almost takes kind of like almost a sequel to the first movie because they're going along the beach and they're going to destroy the Statue of Liberty. I don't want any kind of indication of the human race of what was prior to that. But as before they just, before they blow up the Statue of Liberty, they look over and there's the dead body of Kong from the 1933 movie. And so they're like, "What? What the hell is this?" Like, and they start traveling along the ocean. They're like, "Oh my God! They, this could be the, like the, the prophecy of the gods and everything." And so they go to Skull Island and, and they're meeting with like, it's just, it's just it's, it's this weird kind of blend of properties. It's just kind of a fun read. Well, right now. that's what DC is taking risk with, and yeah. it's paid off. I mean, yeah. the Elmer Fudd book. Well, the uh, Elmer Fudd book was great. Oh, oh yeah, God. the whole crossover of Hanna Barbera and DC. What? I wouldn't say the whole. Um, I would like to be in that room that had the drugs that they took. <laughs> no, but to, it, to pitch that idea. Yeah, don't take the drugs. <laughs> Whether they're good or not, at least they're taking a chance and taking risk. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I, I love. Think about it. If someone said. Let's 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 update uh, uh, the Flintstones. Who would who would agree with that? And they did a great job. And now Flintstones, Scooby Doo, the Jetsons, which is killing it for me. Yeah. And, and then just that, they had that one the one shot that you read. It, it was the uh, Space Ghost Green Lantern cross, which great. I thought was phenomenal. It was you know it's, it's like thank you. I um, like Snagglepuss. I know, I know we're getting near the end of the show, and I wanted to throw out one more thing uh, from from 2017. Uh, what kind of comic experiences as far as conventions and interactions with creators did you guys have? Did you have anything that was great? Anything that you want to go into that you felt like? Just this year, through 2017? Yeah, it, yeah, just really going into the next year. I mean, like, I, I, at one of the, one of the cons I got to meet Todd Nook, who I, I've met before. And I didn't get to go, but that would have been awesome. Yeah, I mean, I, that guy's, that guy's fantastic. I mean, if you're not following him on social media, you're really missing out on some great yeah. art. He does live drawings. He did an incredible mashup series of X-Men and Justice League characters that was fantastic. You want to talk about going to 2018 for someone looking forward to? The next uh, North Com Texas comic book show. Jim Starlin and all those guys. Yes, we talked about that. Oh my god, it's going to be awesome. Do, do you think he will air his Dirty Laundry with Marvel? I hope so. <laughs> I that hope guy so. sounds really, really good. I think he's going to. Uh, what what um, about you? Uh, I really didn't. I really didn't have the money to go to the cons yeah. and um, this year, but I will say as far as a comic book experience I think everybody should check out is finding um, on, the, you can probably find it on um, on demand, but uh, AMC's Robert Kirkman's comic book, yes. uh, Secret Comic secret Book, history. yeah, Secret History secret of Comic Books, that whole series was pretty good. Um, the fourth episode, me and Clay talked about it, it kind of dragged because it was kind of out of sync with everything. Uh, how 9-11 changed comics. Oh, okay. Um, I thought it was a little boring, but as a whole, the whole series was fantastic, and you learn a lot about the backstories of comic books. Did they ever hear the fifth episode? They did. It was... Yeah. Um, the Walking Dead episode. Oh, no, 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 that was the sixth, okay. and they did ever... I, they, my DVR never got that episode. Well, you need to go they find it. They haven't re it. 
What no. was five? Uh, five was uh, milestone. 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 Okay. okay. That was really good. That was, that was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, one of the books I just finished reading was uh, I. Every two years, I'll get the uh, Walking Dead omnibuses. Yeah. I sat down yesterday with volume seven and read the whole thing. <laughs> and it was the whole whisperers. Oh my gosh. I, I I know a lot of people are like jumping ship on the TV show, but really the book is where it's at. I really, really enjoy it. Uh, I, I've enjoyed Negan uh, on the show. So yeah. Uh, here's, I, I, okay. Here's a quick question. Do you, how far can you go with that storyline though? I mean, he, he's already, what, 150 issues? Mm-hmm. 160 something like that. Isn't he done? done? No, he's done with he's done with he, Invincible. Yeah, he knows when he's going to end uh, The Walking Dead. But so. he keeps changing that though. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, the Whisperers have been a pretty great villain. Uh, I'd love to see it on TV because it's going to be really disturbing. Yeah. And and, and messed up, <laughs> but it seems fun. But they'll rush it and then drag it out, and then it'll be boring. Again. Uh, spoiler alert! <laughs> is, is everyone caught up on Walking Dead before I spoil something? Go for it. Go. The the thing I don't with watch the show, you know that. Right? Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm still uh, watching it, but I'm hate watching it. So uh, yeah, uh, so much of the Whisperer's storyline is is connected to Carl. Uh, I wonder if they'll do yeah. it or how they'll change it. Because Carl's character has so much development during that, it was great to see. And now knowing he's not going to be on the show is really kind of a bummer. Wait, what's yeah. going on? Uh, Carl, uh, Coral, Coral. That's why uh, you probably didn't understand that. Yeah, Coral. Coral. Uh, he got bit in the last episode. Yeah. So oh. and it was a mid-season finale. So. Wah, wah. No, wait, no, Carl's the main sheriff, right? Or, no. His son. Oh, son. Okay. okay. Yeah, that's Rick. No, in the comics, Rick cuts his hand off. That's why I wasn't sure. I can remember. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, they're they're going. I hate watching the show at this point. <laughs> but, but you're watching. I'm, watch, I'm watching still because I, I I've been well, I've been invested since the beginning, and I have to keep watching it. I have to see what happens, and I, I, I catch up. I'm really curious to know if they're going to get to the whispers and make it interesting. I'm really scared they're not going to get hinted, in there. They, they've hinted at it in season. What what season is it now? Seven or eight. So last season they kind of hinted at the whispers, but uh, eventually they're going. Well, it's AMC's biggest moneymaker, so they're going to keep going. Yeah. So they're going to eventually get to them. I mean, but the ratings show... just took a tank this year. Well, they yeah, did. but they also had... It's still the number one show, though. Yeah. Oh. Real quick, one last thing for comic book shows. Uh, if anybody hasn't watched it, Runaways. It has been a real palate cleanser for the uh, Punisher series, <laughs> which is just an uh, uh, episode of bleakness after bleakness. Just, but I still love it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, and and I and I do still watch Comic Book Men. Which, by the way, thank you to Ming Chen for tuning for uh, tuning into us, and of course uh, donating uh, that big trip to uh, uh, New Jersey. So far. Uh, so uh, we are just about out of time. Uh, we do want to thank everyone for tuning in to uh, Next Issue. Uh, again, we are. there is one more item for auction there. The ACT Late Night Pocket Sandwich 4 Package, 20-minute bid, one bid to go, ten, just a few more minutes. Shoot, go to whoneedsleep.org, bid on that product, uh, and of course, check out the auction. Of course, we've got Worcester coming in the next hour. I know we've got Match Game coming up at 2. There's a whole lot more fun from Bacon Samurai. Guys, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for tuning in Next Issue. We will see you guys in the uh, are we we're out? Yeah. Get us out.
Again, that was our special uh, Who Needs Sleep edition of Next Issue. We do want to thank uh, Jansen Ray uh, for letting us share that uh, with our friends uh, uh, at Bacon Samurai Productions at Vocal Media and, of course, uh, for letting us be part of that. We were able to be a part of raising $13,000 uh, for the special telethon, and, of course, we will be doing that again uh, next year uh, over the Labor Day holiday. Uh, anyway, thank you for tuning in to uh, this special edition of Next Issue. Uh, we will be back here. Uh, very soon, uh, second and fourth Sundays. You can find the show on uh, uh, on Next Issue Pod and Next Issue Podcast. Uh, and of course, uh, you're always welcome to tune us in every second and fourth Sunday here on DallasOnAir.com. This is KZAC for the Bacon Samurai Group, and uh, we will see you guys uh, next time. This is DallasOnAir.com.